February 13th, 2022. Let's continue in Nefesh HaChayim and Sha'ar Dalad and Perik Haftalad here in the Blue Book, the Nefesh HaTzimtzum Book, it's on page 747. Nefesh HaChayim is in the midst of discussing uh, those uh, who are mevatel from Torah, the detriment and the uh, difficulty which they'll encounter and which they set forth for themselves. And it's not per se punishment, it's more, as we've discussed and as we'll continue to discuss, it's just reality. It continues, it says, were uh, d- d- discussed at great length and uh, spoke about the homer uh, oncho, the severity of punishment of a person who's able to study Torah, to immerse himself in Torah and doesn't do so, or one who did and is piresh and he then stops doing so. To the extent that it says that uh, the hachamim brought forth and envisioned for this individual karet, from olam haba, means person who is mevatel Torah, merits for himself, or demerits himself. Olam haba, k'mo shkatub perik helek tafsaditet amud bet, ki debar Adonai baza. Rabbi Natan omer, kol sheh mashkiach ala mishnah. Rabbi Nehorai omer, kol sheh efshar lo la'asok ba Torah ve'na osek. The difference between these two opinions notwithstanding, each of these opinions is describing this pasuki debar Adonai baza, person who has been uh, an abomination, he's embarrassed the word of God, is it that he's not mashkiach ala mishnah, he's not uh, carefully scrutinizing the mishnah, the Torah or is it alternatively, a person who's able to immerse himself in Torah, but doesn't do so. Again, the Mefarshim, Maharsha, and others discuss what exactly the nuanced difference is, but for our purposes, it means a person who hasn't studied Torah, a person who's not involved in Torah, is devar Adonai Baza, but it continues, v'sefeh dehai kara, but if you read the end of that pasuk in B'midbar Perek Tetvav, says, hikaret hikaret hanevshahi, you'll merit for yourself being cut off, what we call karet. Well, that being the case, hikaret hikaret, ki devar Adonai Baza, if you piece the two parts of the pasuk together, says nefesh ha'chaim, it means a person who hasn't pro- properly immersed himself in Torah, has merited for himself hikaret tikaret. What's the double ashon of hikaret tikaret? Pirshu zichronam livracha sham me'el mineh. He says, if you look beforehand there in the Gemara, Masechet Sanhedrin, hikaret ba'olam hazeh. Tikaret la'olam haba. Hikaret is one reference, olam hazeh. Tikaret la'olam haba means the relationship with God is severed to the extent that you can't be shoef, you can't be uh, uh, gaining from mekor hachayim in the same way you've cut yourself off from the shoresh, or rather you haven't attached yourself. And in turn, that's what I meant earlier, that it's less a punishment and more a consequence in reality, which means to say, if I'm going to find, and we will discuss this hopefully at greater length later in the class, if I'm going to find true uh, sustenance and uh, existential reality, it means I'm going to tap into Torah. If I'm not tapped into Torah, well, it means I've lost, for all intents and purposes, life here, and of course, Olam Habba as well. Hishmi'ana Katub. Now his his specific uh, focus over here will be on that Olam Habba reference. The end of the Perik will talk about Tehiyat Ametim, which will uh, in turn cause us a little bit room uh, and 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 uh, necessity for introspection, reflection on this matter. What's he? What are the Hachamim specifically driving home in their description of being cut off from Olam Habba? 
through the inability to study Torah or through the inability to do so. This is generally speaking, oftentimes when we talk about karet, we don't per se mean, and we're not per se referencing olam haba. We might be talking about cut off, perhaps an aspect from an eternality, an eternity, but to talk about an absolute severance from olam haba, we don't have it. At the end of Sha'ar Aleph, maybe Perik Yodzayim, Perik Yodhet, Perik Yodhet, in Nefesh HaChayim, he talked about this. He talked about how Nefesh, that, uh, that almost animalistic side of ourselves, which of course we can purify through Misvot, but its actions, activities, that's oftentimes what we associate, he's telling us over here with Olam Haba. So I haven't properly performed Mitzvah A, Mitzvah B, and so on and so forth, that part of nefesh, of my essence, is cut off from an eternity. I've severed it from a source of existence. You're born with a certain connectedness. And by not performing, by failing to successfully purify and continue the growth of nefesh, so I've cut it off. But over here, in contrast, it's a double-fold karet. It's not just being karet on a specific action, a specific essence. It's rather he karet, he karet. He says, your nefesh, to a certain extent, to a large extent, is completely severed. Now, again, what is, what is it about Torah? So, of course, it's nothing too novel if we've been reading Nefesh HaChayim, if we have lenses of Torah on, as we understand his words, we understand life. It means that Torah is my ability to cognize, to understand, and to think about existence itself. If I've cut off my ability to do so appropriately, so then it means anything and everything I've done is tainted and is through foggy and vague and blurry, blurry lenses. That's, that's my severance. That's my way of cutting off from Olam Haba in, 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 uh, in entirety. We'll discuss it a bit more. Both mention that a person who's able to study Torah and doesn't, hikaret, hikaret, or, or alternatively, kidebara Adonai Bazatz, at the end of Perek Gimal, of Hilchot HaMutorah and Harambam. Chena Beno Yonah, Zichrono Livracha, B'Sha'ar Teshubah, Sha'ar Hat Teshubah, Mana'ese Madregot, B'Chomer Oncheha Avonot, Amadrega, Achrona, Mone Otam, Hakkat, Shamru, Rabotena, Zichrona, Livracha, Shainam, Chedek, La'olam Abba, Manasham, in the list, in the grouping of those who don't have Olam Haba, says Rabbeinu Yonah, Gami Shef Shalot Asok Bato Rabbeinu Osek. Now you have to understand, Nefesh Haim is doing this all for methodological reasons. The Gemara just has this as a dirashav, so it's Kidbar Baza, two opinions which refer to Talmud Torah, who said we're taking that beyond the realm of Agada. Says Nefesh Haim, now look at the Rishonim, they list it as Kidbar Baza, this is Karet, this is 
absolute severing off from an eternal existence connected to Shoresh Ahayim Vechen Harahur Bihayim Vital Zikronon Levracha Vesha'ala Kedusha Mana Oto Gamken Bichlal Otam Shein Lahim Chalik Laonam Aba Ubehada Mahda Mahtinu Sham Shedino Shabay Mautam Shamlu Zikronam Levracha Perekama De Rosh Shana Shegehinam Kala Vehemenam Kalim Rahmana Leslan He continues and he says Maharhur Bihayim Vital includes this this individual person who hasn't studied Torah appropriately, together with the wrongful actions of those who are where, so to speak, Gehinam will end, but their torture, their suffering will be ceaseless. Maran, following Harambam, adds to the list of these individuals. It's also a person, and here's the Hidush we'll talk about in a second, who studied Torah but then stopped in order to involve themselves, he or she, in Havle Ulamazeh and the pleasures and the vanities of this world. Why is that an extra Hidush? It's an extra Hidush because you could have imagined, well, if they were involved in Torah, well, that was the achievement. Now they merited Olam Abba. Well, to then say that that person, because he stopped, well, lost all eternal existence in this Olam Abba reality, how could you make such a claim? Well, again, we understand the claim. If Torah is an opportunity, if Torah is the way in which I attach myself to Mekor Hayim, if it's the way in which I envision anything and everything that I do through those lenses, so I might have done that in the past, but by the very virtue of stopping, by pausing and, 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 and ceasing my involvement in Torah, even if I'm continuing in some way or fashion to once in a while tap into it, well, I've proved that that wasn't a reality for me. I've proved that that wasn't something I attached myself to. So you learning, and all of a sudden you finish learning, and now you go watch the Super Bowl, He's talking about a lifestyle. He's not talking about no one-time occurrence. He says a person who was immersed in a lifestyle. Does a lifestyle include, at times, vanities of this world? He's not saying that individual doesn't merit olam haba. He's saying if a person has been immersed, defined accordingly, in a life of Torah, even if Super Bowl was included, but now has detached himself from a life of Torah and it's only Super Bowl, that's the individual he's talking about, right? A detachment, absolutely. It's it's uperesh lehavleodam, not just on a one time, not not uvehipsik. Peresh, he severed, he cut it off. Vechen bedin, maasav shelotovim hema yerahaku vhatato manu manu ito ahashayav shalov sipekpi adol asok v'torah bezadon lev ushat nefesh b'har v'lakach meka hara leatzmo laharim ba'alamot kulam. Says this individual, really above and beyond anyone else who didn't, who was able to. This person was involved in it, and he scoffed at it, and he threw it behind. And the opportunity to affect, in the words of Nefesh HaChayim, Aulamot Kulam, as he described earlier, ex- existence is very much dependent upon Torah. And this person was Zinaho, he had no interest in it. Bizadon Libo, he went after the vanities of this world. And this person was a Mo'es, Mo'es means to be disgusted. Or he acts disgustingly to Haya Olam, to eternal life, that being Torah, Eta Hayim, Hiyuta, that's life, Unihiru, means, that means uh, light, the Kol Almin of all worlds, of all existence, 
Asher as he described us early in Sha'al Talmud Torah has a way of bringing forth Devekut. Get mentioned in tandem. Cleaving to God is by definition cleaving to life. How does a person find themselves to that on on that path? Finding the way along that path is an opportunity that we have to immerse in Torah, to understand Torah, to live a life of Torah. He says, this person blackened, darkened his eyes, looked away from light of existence and turned instead to darkness. So description again is this individual who had the glimpse, who did glance at this or olam, at this hiyuta de alma, and then turns away from it. That's a person who, 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 who thoughtfully, who cognizantly cut himself off. Says not only is it Olam Habba, which this individual has lost for himself, he's lost the opportunity to Tehiyatamitim is what he's describing. Quotes the Gemara at the end of Masechet Kitubot, Kital Orot Talecha. Your due, Hakadosh Baruch Hu, is in some way the due of light. Kolamishtamesh Boor Torah, says the Gemara, a person who uses the light of Torah. Or Torah mehayehu, he derives life from that. And person, of course, who turns away from it, and there it is, right? It's he turns away from it, so he not gets punished with death per se, but now he no longer has that light. He no longer has that source of existence. Yes, Rabbi. From the, from the proof that he's bringing, it seems more to be involved in committed Torah than per se actually literally have a book that he's 100% agreed. When we talk about Isaac Torah, it certainly begins and has segments of the black and white text in front of you. But when we refer to Torah, Hayat Torah, and Torah, we're talking about a life of Torah where a person is involved with, and not per se, mitzvot, mitzvot certainly as well. A life of Torah means his lenses to existence are painted, are tinted with Torah, like like everything. Like I walk outside and I can't fully, because I wish I lived by this, but certainly, Jared, so you say in a segment where you have an opportunity to bring peace between people, Torah. But I say as well, you're just walking, you're determining where you're going with a vision of purpose, of meaning, of getting closer to God, to, of affecting uh, a world of meaning of Torah, which means to say literally, if, if you get there, literally in everything, I know it's easier for the doctors, I do. I know it's easier for the doctors because 
I say, we're healing people, we're bringing forth, it's easier for the rabbis as well, but the challenge beyond that is the opportunity which everyone has is to find a meaning and path of Torah in everything, if it's being, if it's, if it's, if it's honesty, if it's, I don't know, be above and beyond anything and everything, it's a certain l'shem shamayim, it's a certain l'shem Torah and everything throughout life. The Gemara over there, Masech Kitubot, at the very end, of Nafkof Yod Aleph says, what about Ameha Haaretz? Are they going to arise in Tehiyat HaMetim? Of course, Ameha Haaretz, the ignoramus is the person who, people who didn't study Torah, people who perhaps weren't able to. The only way they'll be able to have that Tehiyat, says the Gemara, El Hazikam, it's through their ability and through their effectiveness in life to support Torah. So perhaps they weren't able to study it, but through their support of it, it's they hold on to that tree of life, which means to say again, the vision of Tehiyat Metim, and for some reason as well, Olam Haba, is one in which, I mean, it's not for some reason, it's one in which this continuity, so to speak, and that's an important point, right? In general, and that's the, you know, without getting too spiritual for just a moment, in general, we seem to sever Olam Haba from Olam Hazeh and to envision them as two separate entities. In reality, however, they're one and the same. It's just that Olam Haba is an existence of product, whereas Olam Hazeh is an existence of process, which means to say, if you're above and beyond time, if you have the capacity of God to see beyond everything in this slow-moving time that we have in this world, so then this world in reality is really just one entity which is product and that is what the Mekubalim referred to as Yehud Hashem. It's wherever this whole train of existence is going, which we accept is to Gilui Kevodo, which means to say that Olam Haba and Olam Hazer, so to speak, nestled one within the other. It's just that time separates and this space, this facade of free choice that we each have, well, gives us the opportunity of process. Well, now I say to you, if I'm envisioning the reality of Olam Haba is different than Olam Hazer, how can I understand such a reality? If I didn't have Torah and Olam Hazeh, well, it means along the process, in that nestled existence of product, because for God, they are one and the same. There is no distinction between, if you remember the Midrash, between the tree, tree's bark and its fruits, where it's all one and the same. Well, then, of course, if you didn't have Torah, well, then Torah was your life source Throughout, it, it will exist that way in Olam Haba, so to speak, as well. It says, Tamche de Oraita, these Ameha Aretz, they're Tomech Ba Torah, Lehanot Tamide Hachamim in Chsehem, Kemosha Amru, it says the rabbi say, Amar lo Rabbi Masati lehem Trufam in Haturah, I found a medicine, a cure for the Ameha Aretz, Vatema de Vekim Adonai Lochem, Haim Kolochem Ayom, Hev Shali Dvuke Bishkina, you're able to actually cleave to the uh, indwelling, to God, El Kolam Asi Betol, Tamid Hacham. If you marry your daughter to a Tamit Hacham, and you help in a business venture, and if you benefit them from your possessions, that the Pasuk is telling you, you're Davik Bashechina, it's Et Adonai Lechatira, Lerabot. Talmideh Hachamim says Rabbi Akiva and Masechet Bavakama. But the vision throughout again is that Torah is that link to life. Ubitanad Veliyahu Hakitzuv Ranenu Shochene Afar. Again, a description of 
waking up. Who's waking up? Shochene Afar, those who are dwelling, those who are lying in dust, meaning the dead people. Of course, a reference to Tehiyat Metim again. Mikan Amar David Amelech Alav Hashalom Yehechelki Im Elu. I like that, those words, and I'll return to those words. Listen to his words. I'd like my portion to be with those who kill themselves over Torah, which of course is an expression, but I think it's a, it's a deep expression. We'll have it as Resh Lakish's expression in the Gemara and Berachot and Daf Samech Gimal Bet on this page. In front of you, the Amarish Lakish, Minayin She'endivrei Torah Mitkayemin, Ela B'mish Memit Atzmo Aleha, right? Well, that's what the Gemara Berachot says from Resh Lakish. How do you know that Torah only exists for he who kills himself over it? That's a derasha from the beginning of Parashat Chukat, Zot HaTorah Adam Kiyamut Be'ohel. It's death in the tent, the tent of Torah, of course. Now, the description in turn is Mita, in some way associated with Torah, we'll have to return to that point in a second. Yes, Rabbi. Yeah, I know you use Amei Ha'aretz and Chacham. I'm not sure very loosely. But it seems to be very specific here. Amei Ha'aretz is the general people. It's the regular Jew, the commoner. Chacham is someone who's very smart, typically, and I can eat more than different from a rabbi. I, I'm just, it seems very exclusive of the whole Jewish community here in terms of Olam Hard for me to quantify, eh? Ameha uh, Aretz, my vision, you'd have to check the, the classic Mefashim, my vision of it is a person who's, so to speak, illiterate. So it's not the general populace. It was. Or perhaps that was the general populace, says, <laughs> uh, says Dr. Masri. Yeah, so I have, for me, that's, that's the Amha Aretz. So it's a person who had no portion, almost quite literally. Right? Almost literally, in other words, it's a person who perhaps follows the Miswot as he's told, as she's told, but in reality, to live a life on that level, they're just not there. To live a life in which they envision Torah, in which it's, it's a reality for them, uh, just wasn't there for them. And it's to that extent, this individual, I don't know that it's speaking exclusively about Tamidei Chachamim meriting Olam Haba in contrast to Ba'alei uh, Batim who study Torah. I think Ame Haaretz is, although I refer to my students in the school all the time as Ame Haaretz to their face, it's not, not this Ame Haaretz. Uh, anyway, it's Ame Haaretz in today's day and age. Mikan amru kola na'asa shachin le'afar behayav, a person who, so to speak, becomes a neighbor to the dust in his life. To the dirt, Ninar he will rise in Again, the reference to Torah, and again, the imagery might just be poetic. I'd like to take that poetry a bit further. The imagery is if you've killed yourself in this world, well, that's what gives you the opportunity to rise up. Killed yourself in what context? Over the Torah, with the Torah. So Tanat Veliyav takes it a bit in a different direction, right? Instead of saying that you killed yourself, which had used those words earlier, what's the afar? It's you sat on the floor. Why do you sit on the floor? It's the way they used to study Torah. It's, it's uh, you should be mitabek ba'afar raglehem. When you're studying Torah and you're being mishamesh hachamim, they would sit by the feet and as a result they'd get all dusty. HaKadosh Baruch Hu mevi alehem tal orot shel Torah. Again, there's the do of Torah, the do of life. Umevian lechayeh ha'olam haba shemeemar ki tal orot halech. V'lazot, karu zikhunam livracha mikra me'uvat lo yuchal litkor. What's the skewed, twisted 
twisted item which can't be fixed. It's a person who's Tamit Hacham and he stopped studying Torah. But he has Torah. And so to speak, he'll stand and he'll say, but I studied Torah, but you left it. And by leaving it, you proved that it was insignificant. By pr- leaving it, it means that you weren't actually attaching yourself to that source of life. There's a well-known, I read in the biography of B'chaim Valaj, and there's a well-known story, a good whatever it was, 200 or so years ago, in Valaj and Yeshiva, maybe on Kippur, it was on one of the critical times during the year, where he had a derasha in front of the Yeshiva boys, and I guess men as well, and it was along these lines, and it was along these lines, and he couldn't get through it as the legend goes, or as the story is told, because everyone broke out crying. In other words, the reality he was speaking to them was, if you're yearning for something beyond this world, well, you're not getting there if you're not appropriately immersing yourself in Torah, but you are, but you are, uh, but if you're not actually doing it, as much effort as you put in other matters, you're not meriting that olam haba. But what I'd like to do is to discuss for just a few more moments now at the end, in my mind, as to what the vision per se is uh, with regards to this olam haba association of Torah specifically. In other words, he has told us throughout that Torah has this capability of being mehaye olamot, but now he's so to speak, bringing us in a bit of a different direction and associating specifically that olam haba and that hayat ametim with Torah. And I'd like to uh, give you the following vantage point. It starts with Gemara Masechet Sanhedrin here on Daf Bet. Let's begin with this. Amar of Sheshat, kol amelamed Torah ba'olam hazeh zocheh umelamedah la'olam haba shene'emar marvegam hu yoreh. Right, the statement over here in the Gemara is a person who teaches Torah in this world will merit to teach it in the next world. Again, I describe it to you as I did earlier, that the vision of olam haba, olam hazeh is one in which they're nestled, they're intertwined. It's not, it's not the traditional understanding of this. At the end of the path, well, you'll arrive at a room of some sort. And what I'm saying is that's an easy vision. To envision it instead as one entity, to envision it instead as it's just the outcome of existence because this is a world of process and it leads to, quote-unquote, an olam haba in existence in, in, in the most total sense. Well, that's the description. It means if you're immersed in it here, well, that means the process was painted by it. It means the outcome will be as well. But go beyond that. The Gemara Masechet Shabbat, two funny midrashim, which I'd like to describe to you, my vision, uh, uh, as a result of Nefesh Hayim over here, as to what the rabbis might be implying. Amar of Hananel here on the Pechet Amudbet, my dichtiv, Shamu ki negidim the Torah is, so to speak, or Chokhmah and Mishleh, is Nigidim, is those, those important individuals who will be lawmakers and will determine the life and death of others. You hear the vision? Torah is not only, and this is important, that source of life, but it's a source of death as well. That's what I was telling you earlier. That was the vision, right? Wasn't the, weren't those the words? I know it sounded like poetry. Killing yourself on Divrei Torah. Again, the source number three, the Resh Lakish statement. I don't know, it sounds a little, but maybe it is. Maybe it's a little old school. It sounds a little, But uh, what is that? What is the vision of Torah, so to speak, as being not just the conduit to Etz Hayim, as the rabbis will speak about it, but in some way, uh, well, Etz Hamavit as well. 
So it's, it's along the same lines, it's exactly in my mind, the same message is a, a better known Midrash, right there in the Gemara and Shabbat and Daf Pechet, Ve'amar Bi'oshua ben Levi, Kod Dibur v'dibur she'yasam p'ya kadosh baruchu ya'aseta nishmatan shel Yisrael. This is a well-known Midrash. At the time of the giving Torah, at Ma'amad Sinai, every utterance of God, the life, the soul of Am Yisrael departed. <laughs> what are you talking about? This is the greatest moment of connectedness. This is life being passed over, given as a present to humanity. We're losing our lives as we're achieving life, says the Gemara in the Midrashic realm. Says the Gemara, okay, if you tell me that actually happened, or even if you tell me it figuratively happened, you're telling me a story, uh, they're dead. I mean, so what happened? Says the Gemara, no. Every time he took away their life, he gave it back. How did he give it back, says the Gemara? Horital she'atila hayot b'metim ve'chayautam. Otam. He, he gave them that dew with which he'll bring forth which means to say in a strange way Torah then at its core at its giving in the eyes of the rabbis is the source of death and the only way you have life is so to speak with that bestowal of well I gave you that, that dew of life in tandem why should that be so? why should Torah be associated with death. I would suggest that the vision of Nefesh HaHayim, the vision of the Hachamim throughout these Midrashim goes as follows. Torah as being this blueprint to existence is confined when living in this world. And as a result, in its most sublime manifestation, it's after death. Torah as being the words of God is not best performed, but is best realized outside of this world and outside of life itself. Do you understand what I'm saying? No, but that, that's the vision. Again, Torah is... Because that means the product is the most important. Is it not? As human beings, we need to delve into the process. We need to immerse ourselves in the process. And we do it with this Torah divine book, divine code. Now, the divine code is clothed with instructions for humanity, but bring you to that other midrash that I like to talk about, the stranger midrash, the angels turn to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, says the Gemara, and say, give us the Torah. Ridiculous. The Torah is all about mitzvot. And that's the response to them. What's that ridiculous claim? The claim is, if you're dealing with a divine entity, if these are the words of God, then it doesn't belong in this world, which means to say, so to speak, it's a concession of its clothing as, uh, as activities for human beings. So the statement, therefore, is if you're tapping into, so to speak, the essence of Torah, you want to know what you're tapping into? An out-of-this-worldly existence, a deathly existence. And nonetheless, it's in this world. That's how the rabbis envision. That's the tal. That's the tal orot alechav. That's the opportunity to, for God to say, but I'll make this work for you. I'll let you use this. In other words, so to speak, that olam haba, they've been referring to the Tehiyata Metim, which is the domain which Nefesh HaHayim here in Perek Kaftalit has been referencing and highlighting as the time in which if you didn't have the Torah, well, you're not having anything. So it's not just one of these Musar talks of ready yourself for there, make certain that your bag is full. It's that this is the entity, the existence of that realm. If it's the very existence, yes, Rabbi? Isn't that that Idea starts with Nishama merging in this world with flesh and blood, and we're going to say that we are part of this outer world. 
so to speak. Absolutely. So again, there is that inter- intertwined existence. It's Torah being clothed with human actions and functions. That's the neshama with the goof. There's no question. But at its core, when I'm talking about divinity, when I'm talking about the divine, I'm talking about something physical in any way, shape, or form? Certainly not. So then what am I talking about with vis-a-vis human beings? I'm talking about an out-of-this-world existence. It means if I want to tap into origins and essence of Torah, so to speak, you have to be memite tasmo alea. That, that's, that's the vision. It's the, it's the aesthetic, it's the ascetic mm-hmm. vision of the rabbis of Moshe Rabbeinu before the giving of Torah in source number five. Are we, Avoter bit, what's that? Are we no. The point is that the angels have a claim, so to speak. This doesn't belong with human beings. God's answer, Moshe's answer is, but I clothed it, but I cloaked it for humanity. It's like asking the paradoxical question of a world of process for a being of, of existence. God is, God is above process. The point is Torah then is paradoxical to our existence. How does Torah, which is the embodiment of the word of God, fit in this world? The answer is it doesn't, but we fake it. He but fakes it. But still, he's, he's so right because the, at the end of the day, uh, uh, it's our job to make the physical, to lift up the physical to make it spiritual. Right. So it's almost like, okay, you did that, you won, but you should know that existence, Torah, after death is so pure and so not physical that that's the combination of life. That's it, it's the beginning and end. It, it does. You can get there, but not really, because you live with physicality. But again, it's the, it's the mystery of life. It's the mystery of existence. If it's all, quote, unquote, when all time is realized, going to end with, and because he's shalem, it will end with, as Ramchal, as Arizal make this point, as the Hakamim seem to make this point. After 6,000 years, we're going to get to Yehud Hashem. We're going to get to product. So then what's the point of this whole thing until then? So this is all a facade, so it's all fake. Quote, unquote, it is. That's Torah in this world. That's a this-worldly Torah. That's why, so to speak, this Sam HaChayim is also a Sam HaMavitz, the way the rabbis speak about it. If you wrongfully use Torah, it's a Sam HaMavitz. So we say corruption. It's more than corruption. It's death because you're losing the entity of that Tal Orot, which God, so to speak, gave you together. It's in my mind what the rabbis have in mind, source number five. That's the Avoter Binatan, that Moshe has, the Torah tells us, the six days in preparation in Shemot Perek before rising to Ma'atahar Sinai. Why did he need that? Say the Hachamim is about to receive the Torah. He's got to purify himself. No eating, no drinking. What are you talking about? No eating and drinking. No, really, what are you talking about? And then he's proud of it. I'm extending. In Sefer Devarim, 40 days, 40 nights. Why are you proud of that, Moshe? This is a this-worldly existence. The answer is because in quote-unquote bringing it down, he has to arrive at where it is. Where is it? It's removed from this world. It means it exists in death, but we've been given it with life. If you ask me, that is perhaps the added dimension to this Perik of, of Nefesh HaHayim. The description is such that if you're truly understanding what Torah is, you understand Torah, quote unquote, doesn't belong in this world. It just doesn't. But it does. It does because of tal orot alecha, which means to say every time he uttered, say the rabbis, we died because we couldn't. This is Torah. These are the words of God. doesn't belong in a world of process. doesn't belong in a world of physicality and separation and all the detriments that we have in this life. 
Uh, so then how do we have it? The answer is with that bestowal of tal, says God, I'm going to clothe it for you human beings. It means then when I finish, quote, this process, when I'm done and I'm, and I'm making my way to that olam haba, when I'm done and making my way to tahiyat ametim, there's no Torah, so then what is there? Torah is most manifested, is only manifested in its to- total sense. Over there, you don't have it? Then that's, that's a stark contradiction. You've quite literally severed yourself from existence. In other words, to put it succinctly in the last sentence, it goes like this. In a world of physicality, if you live without Torah, so you can live with a nefesh. You can have a nefesh, you can live as an animalistic, quote-unquote, from a spiritual uh, vision, life. That could be. You want to know why? Because of that cloak, because of that clothing with which our world was given. You've finished that existence in some way, shape, or form. That no longer has an entity in any other realm, because that already was just being placed for this realm. So if you've left there, you're back to the core of Torah, core of, core of existence. Core of existence is Torah. If you have death without Torah, well, then you have death in its most gehinam, in its most tehom um, uh, manifestation, which means, as he said, you've lost that merit. You've lost the ability to be zochet to that nachat ruach of olam haba. The vision, in turn, is that Torah, so to speak, belongs outside of this world. It's been given to us in this world. If you make yourself, make your way through this world without it and assume or imagine that you're going to continue any existence out of it, well, then that's just a self-contradiction. Baruch Adonai Amen